God bless you. It's good to hear you and be a part of the service, even though it's uh, uh, via internet. Uh, could you hear me? Yes, that's a God yes. Bless you. Amen, amen. I'm almost feeling guilty. It's uh, uh, probably 75 degrees right now and um, sunny. It's been sunny here every day. Uh, I've tried, Lord knows I have tried uh, to uh, send some sun over to you guys and some warmth, but I'm sorry, uh, I'm not that good. I'm pretty good, but I'm not that good. <laughs> um, now, we've had a wonderful time. We've missed uh, our, our Calvary Christian Fellowship family, but thank God through the medium of internet, as you can see, I am right now looking uh, at you uh, through my computer, so I'm having a, a wonderful time. Uh, just experiencing the presence of the Lord together with all of you. So, ah, look at you. You're waving to each other. <laughs> well, I get to see you also. This is why in the future, amen, amen. <laughs> this is why in the future uh, we want to invest some money and get a better Internet system because sometimes people see us from different parts of the world. And that is uh, that really touches me that we could be... Uh, uh, ministering to the Lord here in the Bronx, and somebody from California could see us, somebody from Central or South America, from Africa, from Asia. And when we check our internet, the bottom line is people do see us from uh, different parts of the world. Uh, even as far as Australia, people have uh, come into our services. So in the future, I'd like to invest uh, more money as we have a better system and we can have uh, various images at the same time, not just uh, the only one uh, view that we're getting at this point. But I wanted to thank you, uh, Calvary family. Um, as you know, we are a sowing church. We're a giving church. And behind the scenes, uh, we have been a blessing to other churches, other ministries, and Elder spoke to you a little earlier. Uh, he mentioned to you how we were uh, able to be a blessing to one of our sister churches. Uh, bottom line is, uh, when somebody is starting up a ministry, it's very hard. Uh, it's a lot of work. And then coupled with that, you know, at the end of the month, they have to pay their bills. Uh, they have to pay the hotel bill if they're uh, having fellowship in a church uh, or rather in a, in a hotel building uh, or if they're using their home. So there's a lot of investment when you first start a church. But we know that one of the greatest ways to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out there is to plant new churches. So we're going to continue sowing into them. So we, I've asked Elder to, to uh, have a second offering uh, at the end. And this is totally free will. Uh, if it's something you want to do, you could feel free to do that. We're going to take 100% of that and we're going to sow that uh, to other ministries. It's not going to go to us. Uh, and you know the Bible makes it very clear that give and it shall be given unto you. So as a church, we want to be blessed. We're about uh, probably a month away, within a month, to get our own property. God has blessed us and continues to bless us. So we want to make sure uh, that we continue sowing into others. Because the same way we do unto others, it will be done unto us. Amen? Come on, give him some praise. Give him, give, give him some praise for that. So... Another thing I wanted to uh, share is that uh, uh, as I've been meditating on the Lord throughout the week and, and just walking around and enjoying the weather, uh, I got a, a quote uh, in my spirit. And the quote uh, for the year 2013, your deliverance is in your disciplines. Your deliverance is in your disciplines. I want you to consider this year. Uh, just before we have a, a very distinguished guest speaker that will be uh, speaking today. I'm very excited to hear him today. Uh, uh, Gwen and I, were here. We're going to be listening to the message in a couple of minutes with you. But I want you to consider that. Your deliverance is in your disciplines. God wants us to look at our daily disciplines. Many of us have very bad disciplines. And, and God is saying that he's ready to take us to another level. But we have to look at the disciplines that we employ on a daily and weekly basis. Do our disciplines align with the word of God? Remember, God told Joshua, Joshua, meditate on my word every day and you will make your own way prosperous. Meditate on my word day and night. What are you meditating on? Is our meditation based on emotions, uh, on TV programs? Uh, uh, do we meditate on what the world meditates on? Or truly is our heart and our meditation on the Lord? 
I know some of you uh, through Facebook, you continuously send uh, quotes and Bible verses. I want to commend you for that because that means that you're going into the Word and you're studying, you're going to Sunday school, you're going to bells, you're going to the small group meetings. So I, I thank God for that. Some of you have no hope. Uh, like, for example, uh, Jessica, she can't get it right, whether it's morning or whether it's afternoon, but that's okay. What she does get right is she meditates on God's Word each and every day. So uh, I want to thank God for each and every one of you, and I want to thank God that this year we're going to align our disciplines, amen, with the Word of God. So um, God bless you all. It was good to see everybody's, the back of your heads. You know, the back of your heads look beautiful. The only people that I actually got to see was Jasmine, uh, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now I got to see a couple of you. Hi, Nancy. How are you? Everybody else? It's good to see you. I got to see Kazi. I got to see Ephraim. But now I get to see some of your faces. Thank you very much. Listen, I'm going to sit down now. I'm going to shut up because I'm not today's preacher. I'll give the part right back over uh, to Elder so that he could uh, present today's distinguished guest speaker. And I'm looking forward to today's message. God bless you. I love you. Uh, this is uh, Victor and Gwen from uh, sunny Florida. Uh, I think around 78 degrees. Hey, don't be a hater, please. Don't be a hater. I'll be back in about a week or so, maybe two weeks. But <laughs> God bless you all. We love you. Bye-bye. <laughs> That's our pastor. God bless you. Where is that distinguished guest speaker? Or actually, not guest speaker, speaker hiding at? <laughs> Minister Brandon. God bless you guys. Just getting ready, getting ready. See, everyone's excited. No pressure today, right? Distinguished guest speaker. Um, very good to see everyone. I was very, very pleased this morning when I saw so many people here. I was like, wow, I figured today would be one of those days where most people stayed in, slept a little bit more, didn't feel like plowing their car out. So I just want to commend each and every one of you for coming out tonight, this afternoon. Morning, afternoon, tonight. Um... Before I start, I just wanted to, to recognize someone. You know, as I was behind the piano worshiping this morning, and I happened to look over to the side, I, I, saw, I saw one of the most amazing things, um, probably more powerful than anything I'm going to say today. Um, and it was Geneve. Did I say her name the right way? Worshiping God, singing, having our hands up, that was the most beautiful thing I think I've seen. So, Geneve, I just want to encourage you because you encouraged me. Me seeing you worshiping God encouraged me. And I don't know if anyone else got to see it, but she went in. She was in there. So you're doing great. There's great things to come from you, Mama. So continue doing what you're doing. All right? We love you. So today... I want to um, kind of piggyback a little bit off of Minister Tony, what, what he um, spoke about last week. Um, and I want to, and, and it, it is, you can tell that pastor is, is on point because what I have to speak about today has a lot to do with what he just said, your deliverance lies in your discipline. Um, I'm going to be speaking to you about discipline. Um, for those who know me well, um, there are two big pet peeves that I have. I may have a few, but there's two big ones. One of them is lack of disorganization. If you want to see my little hairs go up, or you want to see some emotion out of me, um, all I need to see is disorder, whether it be uh, in my job, whether it be at my home, whether it be in my own personal life. Um, nothing gets me more agitated than, than seeing disorder. Um, the second thing is bad time management. I just have something about people who just can't get to places on time. It's always been a pet peeve of mine since I was younger, and I've, also, I've always strived 
to get to places early, to do things ahead of time. Um, you know, if you, if you have something to do, a paper or something, get it done a few days before, not the night before. I just don't like that stress. You know, if you need to get somewhere, the stress of rushing, knowing that, oh, man, this is going to start at this time, and I don't like it. And, and the person who can probably testify the most to my two pet peeves, obviously, is my wife. Um, she lives with me, and uh, she, uh, she kind of sees that in me every single day. Um, so uh, today, what I wanted to do was just give you some basic principles, um, hopefully about your time management, um, specifically about your mornings. Um, that will. My goal is to for to hopefully strengthen your relationship with God. Um, so last week, Tony, Minister Tony, he gave us a beautiful video of a, a young child, what, seven, eight years old, something like that, um, who was uh, you know, an evangelist, essentially, starting like a, like a movement, a, a revival. Um, and he asked us some interesting questions last week. Question number one, he said, what type of Christian do you want to be? If you guys remember that. Second question he asked, do we want to be marked with excellence? So what type of Christian do you want to be, and do you want to be marked with excellence? Third question he asked, do you want to be a harvester of souls? Hopefully this is bringing back some memories from last week for those who were here. This was a funny one. I wrote this down. Do you want to be an atomic bomb or a water gun for the kingdom? Tony and his stories, peanut butter and all this stuff. I tried to come up with one this week, but I don't think I got one as funny as that one. And then, and then another question he asks is, is your fire lit? Is your fire lit, lit for God? So I was meditating on those questions this week, and I wanted to kind of um, connect the dot, help you guys connect the dots, because those are some very good questions. Um, but the bottom line is we can't be a harvester of souls. Of, of souls. We can't be an atomic bomb for the kingdom. Our fire will never be lit if we're not connected directly to the source. Amen? Amen? Sounds simple. So hard to do sometimes. Sounds simple. Out of curiosity, how many people are totally content and happy with their life. Amen. One, two, totally. Every aspect. Three, four. Okay. Interesting. Hands down. How many people would like some new results, different things in your life? Tired of the same mess? How many people? Wow. A lot more hands. Probably 75, 80%. I'm in that 75, 80%. I'm not content with every single aspect of my life. I'm blessed beyond measure, you know, have a beautiful kid, beautiful wife, um, great job, great family relationships, but there's always, an er there's always areas where one would want to strive um, to do better in. Um, and the funny thing is that the older you get, not that I'm old, but the older you get, you realize how important your time is. See, when you're young, Nicole, when you're like 18 years old, you know, the world is endless. You know, you can conquer the world. You can do so many things, right? But as you start to creep up in age, you know, 20s, 30s, I can't testify about the 40s yet, not there. You start to realize that you don't have as much time as you thought you did. And that very essential thing, time, becomes probably one of the most important things to you. I would even argue that it's more important than money. Some people say I'm crazy, but say you're on your deathbed with a terminal illness, would you rather have 50 million in the bank or some time to live longer? Time, okay? Um, I'm going to submit to you today that more than any other thing in your life, the devil will fight you for your time with God. More than any other thing, he will fight you. 
He'll fill you with so many different things to, to choose from, so many different activities, and there's so many things to do that you can fill your day with, right? 24 hours, that's a lot of time to put things in your day. More than anything, it's your time that he goes after. Your time with God, I want to say, is more valuable than you being right here in this, in this church today. Ruffling some feathers, Lou. Help me out here. Let me say that again. Your time with God is more important than coming to church on a Sunday. Not everyone gets it. They don't get it. Your time with God is more important than a G12, a life group. Lou this is thinking, where is he going with this? Because he's you know, making me feel a little uncomfortable here. Don't worry, I'm going to bring it back to Jesus. Don't worry. Just warming up, just warming up. You know, we use our time so frivolously sometimes. We waste it. And the, one of the most amazing things about time is that although we all get the same amount of it, 24 hours a day, once it's gone, we never get it back. That's a powerful principle. You cannot get it back what you lost. So one of my maybe missions in life or uh, goals is to maximize every single second that I have, not to let one moment go by and to waste it, because time is precious. Time is precious. Amen. Piggybacking on that. Hearing me teach is not going to do it for you guys. We're going to go. We're going to go. We're going to go there. Hearing me preach, hearing me teach, hearing elders encourage you—it's not going to do it. We need to study. We need to take the information that we learn and put it together for ourselves. We can't just come in, sit down, receive, well, at least we think we're receiving, and then go out to our regular jobs and, and, and everything work perfectly. It's not going to work that way. How many people have been in school before? Everyone's hands should be up. Elementary school, high school, college. Do you just go to class and sit there, absorb all the information, download it, Show up to the test, pass it, get a degree just by showing up. What do you have to do? Going to class was the easy part. You have to study. You have to take notes. You have to go home. You have to review it. You have to be tested on it because if you're not tested on it, chances are you won't study because yeah, I'm not going to be tested on it. What's the point? And in the test is where the testification comes. But if there's no test, there's no, there's no testimony. Things for you to, just to, 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 to think about. Nothing will really change in your life until you start spending time with God. Let's open up Psalms 27.4. Psalms 27.4. 27.4. Eli, you look like you're meditating. It's deep, right? Here's the thing. I'm, I'm a pretty simple teacher. I don't get into really deep stuff because I want it. It needs to be basic that I can understand it. And if I can understand it, hopefully I can explain it and you guys can understand it. By the way, Arlene, where's my water? Oh, over here. <laughs> Listen, this is the only day I can bust the ushers around. Ain't no other day, otherwise they're, they're bu busting us around. <laughs> I love you, Ali. You got it ready, Julio? Psalms 27.4, and I'm going to read out the Amplified. One thing have I asked of the Lord that will I seek, inquire for, and insistently require, 
that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence all the days of my life, to behold and gaze upon the beauty, the sweet attractiveness and the delightful loveliness of the Lord, and to meditate, consider, and inquire in his temple. Simply what that says is you need God more than anything else in your life. You need God more than your pastor. Mm. So how do we cultivate this relationship? Pastor kind of almost blew my message right, right off the bat. It takes discipline. And I'm going to submit to you guys that it starts in the morning. Your discipline starts in the morning. I love the mornings. For those who know me well, know I'm a morning person. I get up anywhere between 6 and 7. Um, I find it so rejuvenating um, in my mornings. I could have had the worst day the day before, such a stressful day, tedious day, you know, so many things on my mind. And there's just something about sleep and then waking up in the morning and then, and then having a new start. Your body, you need that rest. Right? So many of us, we, we, we compromise, you know, we stay up two, three in the morning, waking up at seven and, and, and hoping to get a full day ahead of us. Meanwhile, we're, we're kind of jipping ourselves of, of that valuable time. If you look at some of the greatest people in the Bible, they all sought God first thing in the morning. Let's bring it back to the source, Lucas. Let's open up John 8. John 8. Good, Julio? John 8, first verse. Then each one went to his home, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and he said to them, If any one of you who is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stood down and wrote on the ground. If you go back to the very first verse, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. What was he doing over there? Hanging out with friends? Going to go play video games? No? That's where he went to get before God. And these Pharisees were trying to like, they were trying to get him. They were trying to throw him a monkey wrench. You know, what do you do with this woman over here, you know? So, interestingly enough, verse, in the middle of verse 6, Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. So I envision Pharisees are coming at Jesus. He's standing there listening, kind of goes down, doing something with his finger in the ground. Then they ask him again, and he stands back up. What was he doing? I believe he was listening. He, he was getting guidance from the Holy Spirit at that moment because he wanted to come up with the right answer. And if he wasn't in God's face early that morning, somebody, he may not have had the right answer at that time. That's Jesus. Let's look at somebody else. Let's go to Samuel 17, 20. Samuel 17, 20. First. Even though I don't have first or second in my notes. But hopefully it's first. 
There it is. It is first. First Samuel seventeen twenty. Early in the morning, David left the flock with a shepherd, loaded up, and set out, as Jesse had directed. Early in the morning, he, he reached his camp, and as the army was going to battle position, he shouted out to God. Early in the morning, another example. He had a, he had a giant to beat up. He's going to get up in the afternoon, <laughs> evening. He was up early in the morning. Another example is Abraham in the Bible when he went to sacrifice his son. If you read at Genesis 22, up early in the morning to hear from God. You know, I think of the morning and, and essentially your time with God in the morning as your first fruits to God. You're honoring him first thing in the morning before anything else. So you're giving him that little bit of time. Well, let's, let's be real. You know, morning people are busy, take the kids to school, go to work. But you're giving him that time where you say, God, I'm putting you first. Right? Just like how we did a few weeks ago in First Fruits. And we do that so he can bless the rest of our day. So many of us don't do that. Wow, it's quiet in here. I'm going to get into that a little deeper later. So when you start your day, it needs to be with God. What is your morning like? Do you wake up like, and press the snooze button a few times and wait till the very last minute to get out of bed and then get out of bed and you don't even know, you know what day it is and you know, brush your teeth, eat something? grab some clothes, put on two different color socks and storm out of the house? I don't know. Something similar? Or do you wake up really early? Probably, I would say I wake up like three hours before I need to leave. Somewhere around there. So if I'm up at 6, 6.30, I'm not leaving the house until around 9, 10 o'clock. I have a later schedule. So um, it's beautiful to get up so early. Sun is there. It's quiet time. You know, you're not, you don't have the hustle and bustle of, of what the rest of the day is about to be like. So does your morning involve God? It's a good question. I see some people saying yes. Same. Some people just looking at me. <laughs> but, you know, it, listen, there's nothing I'm going to speak about today that I haven't lived myself. Um, and I can't teach on anything that I haven't lived already. So if you're one of the people that perhaps your morning doesn't start with God, we've all been there. I was there, you know. Um, especially even though I thought I was connecting with him um, by like maybe fitting him in. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing things. I'm getting dressed and I'm praying and, you know, I'm driving and I'm praying. and It's better than nothing, but God wants your undivided attention. He doesn't want half of you. I think of, I have an analogy for that. It's like, well, two analogies. It's like a, pl a plug that's supposed to be fully plugged in, but instead it's like kind of halfway plugged in. So you may get, you may get some electricity may not, or you may get some sparks <laughs> come from it, right? Um, so, you know, there may be some power, right? So your relationship, or there may be some dialogue back and forth, but you need to be totally engaged, right? You need to have full cell phone service, not just one bar, right? Four or five bars, not, not one. Now, you may say to me, because I'm sure some of you think of that, well, I'm not a morning person. That's just not me. I'm not a morning person. How many people have said that before? I'm not a morning person. Well, you need to get over it. <laughs> Pray about it. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. This, this may be a revelation to some, but this is, you know, practical information. The reason why 
you may feel you're not a morning person because you don't go to sleep early at night. Latasha, it's as simple as that. You can like sleep, so go to bed even earlier. Go to bed at 9 o'clock. I go to bed, I would say, somewhere around 10, 30, 11 o'clock. It's early. But again, I want to be up early. You know, our bodies, we need eight hours sleep. Can we go on less? Sure. That happens all the time, five, six hours. But for optimal rest and for your body to really recover and, and replenish itself, you need eight hours. It's scientifically proven. You need, you need to be sleeping a third of your life. So what's a third of 24 hours? Where are my mathematicians, my youth who are still in school? Eight, thank you. Eight hours. Simple as that. So if you're having trouble getting up in the morning, ladies and gentlemen, go to sleep a little earlier. I know, it's hard. That's one of the hardest things for my wife. I'm kind of putting her out there. Because, you know, she wants to do so much in her 24 hours. And, it's, and she, you know, she wishes there was 30 hours in a day so she could fit in some more stuff. But you gotta, if you, if you really want to connect with God early in the morning, you have to go to bed. So it may mean you can't watch your show at night. DVR it. You know, it may mean your Facebook friends need to wait until tomorrow to talk to you. You know, it, it may mean that, you know, something is sacrificed. That's okay. You'll make it up more with your time with God in the morning. Amen? So let's do a morning checklist. Okay? Morning checklist. Seven steps to, re- to get you really, really connected with God. So, because, you know, I'm not, I'm I'm not going to just tell you, okay, get, get, get with God in the morning and not give you step by step what you should be doing. Right? So one of the first things when you get up in the morning and you get in God's presence, now this is not necessarily in any particular order. This is kind of how, how, I, how I do it. If you swap a few things around, that's okay. Number one, repent. Repent. Not repaint. <laughs> repent. <laughs> Why are we repenting? You had a whole day that went by the, the day before where you probably messed up, right? You need a new batch of, of God's grace for the morning. So one of the first things, it doesn't have to be exactly the first. Some people may want, you know, want to do one of my other steps first. But one of the first things I do is just sit there and just apologize and, and, and go before God and say, listen, I blew it yesterday. Um, Certain things that you know, I wish would have went a certain way didn't. I apologize. Um, help me, Lord, just correct those things, move forward. Um, just put yourself out there. Lamentations 3, 19 to 23. Where is that? Somewhere around Jeremiah. It's a really tiny book. It's hard to miss. Lamentations. Is it after Jeremiah? Oh, good. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Cynthia. Lamentations 3, verse 19 to 23. O Lord, remember earnestly my affliction and my misery, my wandering and my outcast state, the wormwood and the gall, like bitterness, disappointment. My soul has them continually in remembrance and is bowed down within me. But this I recall, and therefore I have hope and expectation. It is because of the Lord's mercy and his loving kindness that we are not consumed. Because his tender compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great and abundant is your stability and your faithfulness. Receive God's grace every morning. Take some time. See, because God knew the stuff you were going to do before you even did it. So you're only fooling yourself if you think, well, you know, maybe God didn't uh, see that one. No, he saw it. He saw it. And here's the thing. If you don't really repent and, 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 you know, come before God, 
you're kind of going to be under condemnation for that day. You're going to have this weight on your shoulders knowing that you kind of blew it. So you're walking around heavy. God says, come to me. He throws all our, our sin into the sea of forgetfulness. Repent. That's step one for me. Step two, getting your mornings right. Being thankful and worshiping God. Psalms 100 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. So many of us got it wrong. We go to God and we start complaining. Oh, Lord, I'm so tired of my husband. I'm so tired of my wife. I'm so tired of my job. Oh, my situation, you know, help me. We got it wrong. We're doing it the wrong way. Be thankful and worship God. See, when you do that, it makes all those issues that seem big really become smaller. There are so many things to be thankful for that we don't think about. I was sitting in my, well, I shouldn't say my rocking chair, my wife's rocking chair earlier this week, and I'm like, man, Lord, thank you for the hot bath I just was able to take, you know? How many people could, you know, a nice hot bath feels really good. Conversely, a nice cold bath doesn't feel as good, right? Thank you, Lord, for just waking me up this morning. So many people didn't get that opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for my beautiful kid, my wife. Thank you for my home. Thank you for the bills are paid. Thank you, Lord, even if they're all not paid, I know you supply all my needs. Thank you for the car. Thank you for the job. Thank you for some sunlight out today. There are so many things to be thankful for, yet so many times we're just stuck in our rut because we're just focusing on the things that we're not happy with as opposed to things that we should be happy with. Focus in the morning on those little things, and I guarantee things will change for you you focus on the good things and not the bad things. I was just talking to someone earlier this week. I'm not going to shout them out. Um, But I was telling them the same exact thing. Listen, we all have trials. We all have things that we go through. You know, no one has a perfect life. (laughs) Jesus was probably the only one who who lived a perfect life. We're all for short. There's always things that we wish we can do better at and that our lives were different in a certain way. Um... But if we, if we focus on that, we're gonna, we're gonna, that's going to take us down instead of bring us up. Simple as that. So do you thank God for the little things? Do you thank God for the little things? And here's another little interesting side note. The more thankful you get, the madder the devil gets. You hear that, Miguel? The more thankful you get, the matter the devil gets. He's like, wait a minute. There's no money in their bank. His relationships are messed up. He's barely holding on to a job, yet he's still thanking God and praising him. It confuses the enemy. You want to turn your situation around? Be thankful and worship. Put on some, put on some worship music. Praise him. Early in the morning, get your spirit right. So number one was what? Repent. Number two? Well, you guys are taking some notes. Oh, Julio. Julio, I was testing them. Mikey, I was testing them. Okay, number three. Rededicate yourself to God. What does that mean, to rededicate? Psalm 25, 1 says, O Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. Psalm 25, 1. Psalm 5, 3 says, Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait with expectation. Psalm 5, 3. Rededicate yourself to God every morning. Do what Elder Jose does all the time. Just stand there, sit there, put your arms out, say, Lord, here I am. It sounds simple, 
kind of is simple. But it's not something that we do every day. Or I shouldn't say that. I'm sure some of us do it every day. All of us probably don't do it every day. So whether you're standing, whether you're kneeling, ask the Lord, ask the Lord to use you. Instead of what I put here. Yes. Ask God how you can be a blessing to him instead of him blessing you. Right? We always do, God, bless me. Ask how you can be a blessing that day to him. And be focused during this time. As I was telling you earlier about multitasking, um, you know, our brains weren't really meant to give 100% to two things at the same time. Now, we can give 50 and 50, 70 and 30, 80 and 20, whatever, but to give 100% to two things at the same time, our brains weren't intended to do that. We tend to focus on, on tasks. How many people believe me about that? Well, if you don't, let's put you to the test. Everyone, with one hand, I want you to go forward like this. Okay? Now with the other hand, I want you to go backwards. So it should look something like this. A lot of us are going the same way. <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you pat your, hat, your head. And you, you, that one's a little easier. But, you know, I'm just trying to prove a point that, you know, the way our brain works, you know, I, obviously after a while, if you practice it, you can get it. I couldn't get it at first. It was a music class I took way back, and the teacher was like, all right, let's do these really weird exercises. And I was like, there's no way I can do that. And then eventually you, you practice and you get it. But it really what is not intent, in our brain is not intended to be doing two things 100%. Um, so while you are rededicating yourself, focus on him and him only. That was number three. Rededicate yourself. What was number two? You got to take it off. I want to see if they remembered. Okay, number four. Make some decisions early in the morning. There's no better time than to kind of reflect upon what your day, your week, your month was ahead and to kind of really plan some things out. Again, once the day hits you, it's like you're on automatic pilot. You're driving to work, or you're in school, then after school, and after work, you get home, you have to cook, you have to clean. It's like, you know, kind of like a routine, right? So, sure, it's possible to plan during that, but it's more efficient early in the morning, I, at least for me, is to make some decisions early in the morning. I want to challenge you to try every day in the morning when in your time with God, think about someone you can bless. Could be a family member, could be a coworker, could be a friend. Sit there and say, God, who, who can I reach out to today? I love the movie Pay It Forward. Everyone seen that movie? That is one of the great movie. I would challenge you guys every single day, who can I bless? because it's going to come back to you once, you once you start doing that. To me, the decisions you make in the morning are like getting dressed spiritually. What do I mean by that? Let's go to Tony's favorite book, Revelation. Ooh, yeah, I know. Last book in the Bible. Yeah, everyone got their Bibles out, right? Revelation sixteen fifteen. 1615. Keep watch. You guys there? Last book in the Bible. 1615. Keep watch. I come unannounced like a thief. You're blessed if awake and dressed. You're ready for me. Too bad if you're running through the streets naked and unashamed. If we don't get before God's presence in the morning, it is as though we're leaving the house naked every day. 
How does it feel to be naked? Let's, let's go there. It's cold. It could be warm too, but cold. It could be in, you know, in Florida or pastor. It could be this. Exposed. Vulnerable. Oh, I like that one. What else? Awesome. Okay. I appreciate that. I think I know where you're going with that too. <laughs> Not confident. Not confident. Exposed. Not confident. Awesome. Free. Some of those are, are great analogies. How do we leave the house in the morning? Do we spiritually? Like I know in the physical, Zoe, we got our clothes. We we looking good, right? We spend some time in the morning, you know. Got to get our hair right. Got to get our well, not me, but girls got to get their makeup right. Got to make sure that outfit looks good, right? But do you spend more time getting ready in the physical than you do in the spiritual? Dennis, I'm hurting them today. Dennis, get, I, I need some love over here. Do you spend more time getting ready in the, fi- in the physical than the spiritual? Just, you know, things to ponder. And again, I don't say anything to you today that I haven't lived myself. These are questions that I've asked myself. Okay? If you don't do something with your time, the devil will. That's deep, right? If you don't fill your time with good stuff, things of God, guaranteed the devil will fill you with some other things that are not good for you. I like that. Say that again. Idle time is the devil's playground. That's where all the sin starts. It's when you have time on your hands. When, you have time, when your mind starts to wander. But if you're in God's presence... Early in the morning, repenting, worshiping God, being thankful, rededicating yourself. It's going to be a lot harder for those things to creep up on us. That leads us into the next one, number five. Putting on the full armor of God. Let's turn to Ephesians 6. It's like a really famous verse. Everyone always preaches from there. Ephesians 6. Verse 11 to 18. How are we doing, Mikey? You doing all right? I'm not putting you to sleep yet, are you? I'm going to test you on the, on the 7 at the end, so I hope you're taking notes. Ephesians 6. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flames and arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. So we need to dress ourselves spiritually every single morning. I think of it like this. And I wish I was here. I, I would probably be. The, I use him as, a, as an analogy. But we're going out to battle because it is a battle every day. We might not think of it that way, but the minute we step out those doors, there's going to be th- darts thrown our way. There's going to be old thoughts that come in, right? Ways that you want to act. If you were to go to battle with nothing, just yourself, right? Going over, I don't know, Afghanistan or whatever. You have no gun, you have no ammunition, you have no vest. How would you fare? You probably wouldn't see me come back, right? Now let's 
switch that back over to our lives, right? If we don't arm ourselves, we're going out there with nothing. And then we wonder, why are we still being attacked? Why are we going through the same things every week, every day? And we're not getting the concept. We're not guarding ourselves. We're not putting on the armor every day. Simple concept, right? Again, so hard to really implement and for it to become a lifestyle. Because we're busy, right? So many things pulling our attention and pulling our time. We got to put the armor on. I wrote down here, we have to be proactive, not reactive. Right? We have to pray for those things that we're about to go encounter ahead of time so that when they come, we're already prepared for them. So many times we do it the other way around. It happens to us. Then we pray, oh, God, help me. We need to be proactive, not reactive. So what was number one? Don't look at the screen. Don't put it up on the screen. Repent. Number two. I don't see everyone's mouth moving. Number three. Dedicate. Number four. Go ahead, Amanda. You teach it. Number five. Okay. And that, that leads us right into number six. Pray for your temptations. This is a deep one. I can park here for a while. I really can. Every single person has a temptation. I say it like this. Every single person has their kryptonite. My kryptonite may be different than elders. Elders may be different than deacons. But we all have something that we're weak in. And you know the devil is not going to hit us with 50 different things. He's going to hit us that one weakness over and over and over again until we get it right. We have to pray over our temptations every morning. Let's turn to Luke 22. Luke 22, 39 to 40. Do I only have five minutes left? Wow. This looks 12.55. Luke 22. Luke 22, verse 39 to 40. How am I doing, Michelle? Am I right? Keeping you awake? The test is Arlene. Where's Arlene? She left. <laughs> I failed the test. That was my test right there. All right, Luke 22, verse 39. If you don't got it by now, it's too late. Leaving there, he went, as he so often did, to Mount Olives. The disciples followed him. Again, there you go, Mount, Mount, Mount Olives. Uh, when he arrived at the place, he said, pray so that you do not give in to temptation. Know your weaknesses, people. Know your kryptonites. There's a saying that goes for where your mind goes, your body will follow. So if your mind isn't right, the flesh won't be right either. Simple principle, but easily um, combat it with the right steps. Know your temptations. I can guarantee you that if you start praying about your temptations every single day, you will have the ability to get over them. Guaranteed. It's a guarantee. The Bible says somewhere, somewhere I think in the Gospels, do help me out here, Wherever there's a temptation, there's always an escape hatch. I love that verse. First Corinthians. Thank you, Dennis. Check that out. Wherever there's a temptation, God always provides an escape 
hatch. He, is, he provides a way out. So there we are in the middle of our temptation. Looks good. Feels good. And we think there's no way out of it. Well, well, here I am again, Lord. Sorry. You know my heart. Right? Let's be real. Right? Meanwhile, you're not even paying attention that there's, a, there's, a, there's an out right there. It's within arm's length. There's an out. But you fall right into it. We fall right into it. I'm not perfect. There's always an escape hatch. So know your weaknesses. Pray over your temptations every morning. Number seven. And this one goes without saying. Read the word. Read the word. Get into God's, get yourself into agreement with God's word every day. Confess the word of God every morning. Call things as be not as though they were. See, you can do all these steps, one to six. But seven is like, that's the one that just puts it all together. You know, because all the, who once said, all the stinking thinking, right? All, all the negative thoughts, all the old patterns and way of being that you've, you know, learned or, you know, have been introduced to during life can be changed by reading the word. A lot of times we're stuck, right? In certain, certain patterns, certain behaviors. Because we're not renewing our mind in this. We don't, we're not reading what God says about us. So we can do, we can repent, we can be thankful, we can worship, we can praise. We can, what's number three? We can rededicate. Mikey, number four? Uh, make some decisions. Go ahead, Mikey. We can do what? Number five? Put on the armor. We can do number six, which is what? Prayer of your temptations. You can do all those things, which is, which is needed, which is essential. But this is, this is the, the glue right here that puts everything together, right? Your temptations, um, if you read about your temptations, like, you know, I saw some of you look like, wow, I didn't know that God provides an, a, an escape hatch. I never knew that before. Well, thank you. There you go. If you didn't believe me, there it goes. No temptation has overtaken you except such is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Another version says an actual escape hatch. If you didn't know that from reading the word, then you may get stuck in that temptation, right? But knowing what God has to say, it has to say about you, is absolutely essential. So we need to expect good things every morning from God. I'm going to wind it down now. Am I, am I okay with this? Is it making sense? So going back to the beginning, going back to Tony's questions last week, what type of Christians do we want to be? Do we want to be marked with excellence? Do we want to be harvesters of souls? <laughs> do we want to be an atomic bomb or a water gun for the kingdom? Do, our, do we want our fire to be lit? All that comes with rededicating and recommitting ourselves to the source. I would encourage you guys to get up early. Take care of all the, the tough stuff first. Get it out the way. I hate when people leave, like they have a whole bunch, like at work, I have a whole bunch of projects to do. I try to get the toughest one out the way first just so I can breathe a little bit and then kind of pace myself. You know, when I used to do some summer relief as a doorman slash porter, I would get all the mopping, all the sweeping, the garbage out of the way. So then the other stuff, I can just kind of relax, right? Early, early morning, whatever it is for you. You know, maybe you work the midnight shift, so maybe that's your nighttime. So maybe 3 p.m. is your morning. But most people are on a 9 to 5 type of shift, whether it's school or with work. Get up early. Seek him first. I guarantee that your life will change. You'll start to see things happen, 
and you'd be like, wow, that's, that's all it took? It was just getting up, repenting, being thankful, seeking God, worshiping God, reading the word, rededicating, praying over my tent. That's all it is. And let me tell you, it doesn't take a lot of time. You know, it made for you at first, I don't know, maybe five or ten minutes. And then you're like, all right, I'm done. Let me go uh, get out the house. That's okay if it starts there, right? That's fine. But little by little, gradually, you'll see that that five minutes will turn into 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour. Latasha, five hours probably. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) So get up early. Take care of the hard tasks first. Let's review. Step number one, Mikey. That's the easy one. Oh, come on. Repent. Second one, Amanda. Be thankful. No. Be thankful and worship God. It's okay. Um, I would call Zoe, but she's not going to answer me. Um, Delmar, three. Rededicate yourself to God. Very good. Number four. Uh, Julio, four. Make some decisions early in the morning. Number five. Uh, David. Praying, putting on the full armor. He's, he's in the ballpark. He's <laughs> that, that, could, that can go for every single one of them, so it's a good answer. <laughs> Number six, Nicole. Ooh. Oh, good. And he didn't have it up. By the way, Nicole, it's great to see you this, this afternoon. Just throwing that out there. And number seven, read the word. Simple steps, people. Very simple stuff that's going to change and, and impact your life. And once your life is changed and impacted, then you can go out and impact the world. Yeah.